I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you would like to reach out to us for feedback or show suggestions, show topics, please feel free to contact us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to new or past episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. If you are having trouble listening to us on your preferred platform, or if you want us to be on a platform that we're not currently on, make sure that you send us a private message on our Instagram page at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can just drop us a message or send us an email at blacktherapistpodcast.com. If you want insider tips, resources, and access to our free mental health course, make sure that you text Get Happy to 66866. And my new book, Find happy seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy is available right now on amazon you can go to our website or go to our instagram pages and click the link and purchase because we want to help you get your relationships together for 2018 and beyond please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey if you are feeling any mental health distress or you're having any significant issues please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area okay let's go hey 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 welcome to another episode of black therapist podcast so i have been working really really hard behind the scenes over here and driving myself crazy myself my team my my family my partner everybody's <laughs> having to deal with the chaos which is content creation so I told you last year I told you earlier this year my goal is to create programs and content for you guys to start improving areas of your life and I want to make working with a mental health clinician accessible for all people of color right the number one reason people say that they don't go to therapy is because it's too damn expensive which I understand right but I think the second problem that happens when it comes to um, looking for a culturally competent clinician is everybody is not in your your network, right? And when I say your network, I mean your insurance network. So there are a lot of people that want to come to me who have Medicaid plans and I love Medicaid and I take Medicaid in my office. However, I don't, I haven't been properly trained on how to bill through Medicaid insurance. So I don't take it. Because the likelihood of me getting paid if I take a Medicaid client is virtually nil. And the thing that I hate the most about being a therapist in private practice is that stress that is on me that I may see a client and provide them with the valuable help and assistance that they that they need. And then I have to chase insurance companies around from my money and that's a real thing. It, it, it happens every single day with me. I'm sure it happens with other clinicians. And because of that, a lot of clinicians don't even take insurance. A lot of therapists are not going to even take your insurance. They're like, nope, I want cash, you know, COD, right? Because a lot of us have a lot of overhead. In the courses that I'm creating, it's cost me a lot of money to create these courses, these courses to offer to you guys. But I think that it's valuable for me to be able to do what I need to do to help my community 
to succeed. My private practice is basically built off of women of color. Shout out to everybody else that's coming to me. Right now, I, you know, I, my office is in Bedstar, Brooklyn. I'm from the old Bedstar, so I'm used to it being all black everything. But my, my practice is starting to reflect the community, which means that I have a lot of other clients who are coming to me. And it was my goal and my priority to work with people of color in my practice and, and kind of kind of prioritize them over everybody else and it doesn't obviously I'm not discriminating but when you go on psychology today or you call your insurance company and you request for a therapist the majority of them don't look like us right the numbers just bear out you I, I think I read a, a report that said about two percent of all psychiatrists are black or person of color and I know that those numbers are definitely around the same maybe about 10 percent when it comes to like clinicians therapists lcsws lmsws in private practice that that actually take insurance and when you boil that down there are a lot of us out there but there are not a lot of us accessible to you and so my goal in 2019 and beyond it sounds crazy to say that we're in 2019 but my goal in 2019 and beyond was to create programs that makes therapeutic intervention and therapeutic support accessible for people of color and financially accessible that makes sense I want I want affordable I want to make sure that I'm creating programs that are affordable so over the first quarter what I've been doing was creating a few courses I have a few free mental health courses that I'm going to be doing our first one starts February 1st and I'm very excited about it and what I'm doing is I'm working to create a online email it's a video email course that'll come directly to your inbox so that you guys will be able to start to think about why it's important to create intentional relationships. And these are intentional relationships that you will you will make that will promote two principles, which is happiness and health. If the relationships that you have right now don't promote your happiness and they don't allow you to to practice healthy rules of engagements or doesn't promote you being your very best self, doesn't allow you to be your authentic self and it doesn't allow room for you to grow and change into the purposeful person that you are becoming. I want you to start thinking about how you need to renegotiate and um, reestablish relationships that do. And so the first course is uh, healthy relationship building for boss chicks. Ow. Learn relationship cheat codes in 20 minutes a day to get the love life you love. And if you want in on this program, what you can do is you can sign up to our mailing list. You can text get happy to 66866. I hope that's still working. I still pay for it, whatever. Or you can shoot me uh, I'm ready in my DM at Miss M-S-N-I-K-I Banks or at Black Therapist Podcast. Over the next few weeks, the course launches. It goes live on February 1st. And um, I'm going to be doing some weekly live sessions where I'll take some Q&A, some relationship questions, just to kind of take the temperature to see what relationship struggles you guys have. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to start a private Facebook group for this project. God knows. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that works. Because I just hired an assistant. Oh, thank God. Well, I have a few that that 
I'm looking at I'm interviewing next week for assistance but I've already like set the budget aside to get me an assistant and um, I think I'm going to utilize my intern a lot more to um, get this whole project going but I'm super excited about about that so the class that we're doing the class the the show that we're doing today is a replay of a lesson that I gave last year when I first started to develop our premium course, which will launch on February 10th. So I'm going to reopen this premium course, which is Finding Happy. And it's it's the one-on-one coaching plus the group coaching sessions that go with our book. And I've done a lot of interviews about the book, but I think that this webinar that I did, which was, was a live webinar that I did with Tiffany Aliche's group, The Dream Builders. And I'm gonna tell you about that one in a second. And I feel like it was the most comprehensive interview that I've ever done about the course. I was relaxed. She was relaxed. She asked me great questions. Shout out to Tamara. And so I felt like the best way to kind of introduce what is going to be happening in the business over the next 15 days, two weeks, whatever, is to get you into this uh yeah get you acclimated to what will come up in the free course um, in the full course so this is not what we're talking about here is in the full course if you are part of tiffany aliche the budget nista's dream builders group which is her private academy please feel free to go inside of her academy and get the discount code i offered her her um her particular students discount code so if you already are a member of her course sign up there but if you are not join our mailing list because if you get in now before february 10th and you express an interest to buy the full course because there's a paid course if you have an interest in buying the full course and you get it before then, I'm offering the same discount. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of Tiffany the Budgetista. She is a financial dynamo. I've known T- Tiffany now for about five years. When she first launched her Live Richer Academy and all of her challenges, every January she does a challenge where she helps people complete a financial goal. And she does it free, but she also has an ac- a paid academy, which I am a member of. Like I pay my own money to be a part of that, but I'm also part of her Ask the Expert um, series that she has in there. So I've done, I want to say I've done at least three or four Ask the Expert courses. And the show that we're going to play today is the most recent one, which I did last year, which coincided with my first offering of Finding Happy Academy. So, you know, if you are a member of her private group, who are the dream builders, the discount that was offered on the course and the course workbook that was offered there is still there in the dashboard. You just have to contact Tiffany and say, hey, I'm a member. I, I like what I heard. I want to purchase the course. You can do that there. Or if you're just hearing this for the first time, if you're not a member of her paid group or part of her her free course this year is about home building and it's getting you prepared to purchase a home if you want to sign up there you can go to thebudgetnista.com and get that information or you can go on facebook her facebook is dream catchers live with the budget nista and if you 
go there. You can just post and say, hey, I wanted to take the challenge and you can go there. Or you can follow her on her social media at the budget Nista on Instagram. Oh, she does 10 minutes with Tiffany. Tiffany gives a lot of free resources away. And so if you want to sign up to her home buying challenge this year, go on over there and sign up for her challenge. But if you want to get both your financial life and your relationship life in order for 2019, then make sure that you sign up for our free mental health course that starts February 1st, and that is called Healthy Relationship Building for Boss Chicks. Learn relationship cheat codes in 20 minutes a day to get the love life you love. And we start that February 1st, and that course is free 99. Okay? Okay. So we're going to get right into today's episode. And uh, um, oh, 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 our brand new t-shirts will be available on the website hopefully jesus hopefully before the end of the month building all of this stuff is laborious this is a, a lot of work right so but i I'm, I'm committed to doing everything that i can do and we have some real goodies coming up in the next few few weeks okay so i'm excited tune in get ready all right we're gonna get into today's show Hello, dream builders thank you for joining us again for another ask the expert lesson my name is Tamara. I'm your Literature Academy Manager. I've had multiple conversations with a few of you either in the Facebook group or inside of the customer support inbox. So really excited about joining you all tonight. We have Nikita Banks talking about an important topic that we all can relate to. We're talking about finding happy, the seven steps to relationships, how to create boundaries, which is perfect. I love that we're doing it now because we're going right into the holiday season. And that's when yes, we're with, um, <laughs> touching base with all of our family members, right, Nikita? Yes, Lord. So I see a couple of you are already in here. I see Gail from Florida. We have someone from Boston. Hi, Vera. And we have a few others in the group. Please just let me know if you can hear me, if um, our audio and visual is looking good. And once I see some comments on that, we'll start our lesson. So I'm just looking right now for um, some comments to see if you guys can hear us clearly. And welcome, we have a lot of newbies into the group. And for the first time, this is their very first lesson. So Nikita, you're their first expert that they're kind of joining us for tonight. And um, ladies and some gentlemen, I just want you all to know that I can see your comments. So during this presentation or this session, if you ever have any questions at any time, just go ahead and drop them in the comments and I will view it. So thank you guys. I can see that you can hear and see us clearly. So I'm going to introduce Nikita, who we love. Nikita is a returning expert. She has the biggest heart and she is here for you guys. Um, she's all about making sure that you have the right mindset, that you are living your best life and that you are just enjoying life and happy at all times. So let me just read your bio. It disappeared on me. But um, I'm going to go ahead and get started because I know Nikita. Like I just know her from her <laughs> presence inside of the dream catchers group and the facebook group um, she's a serial entrepreneur okay she's bad all right she's a therapist and she's an educator um, her unique journey that leads her to living the life of her passions is what adds her experience as an expert um, in her field so she's not just another expert with an opinion on what she thinks makes relationship works she's actually been through the process herself so um, I do have her bio here. In 2014, Miss Banks founded Respect is Love, 
The passion that drives her work is her need to help women improve the quality of their loving relationships and improve their quality of life. So Respect is Love is a love-centered psychoeducational program that helps women and girls examine the quality of their relationships and helps them to explore the root of why they are accepting less than they deserve, which is kind of uh, related to this topic today. Yep. So a reminder, tonight's topic is finding happy, the seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy. And I know I want my joy. So Nikita, let's dive into it. <laughs> okay. So uh, Finding Happy is based on my new book. Ah, I'm an author. Um, so yes, I wrote a book. It's called Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your, do- your Joy. And um, I actually created a mini lesson for tonight. Where we're going to talk about how to renegotiate your roles within your family now that you are the financially responsible one. And so um, the book is Finding Happy. I think we'll have a link to maybe purchase the book. And I, the, the book was actually um, uh, the workbook to a course that I created. I used to do workshops around New York City to help people with their problematic relationships and to improve them in some sort of way. And I was like, well, maybe not everybody is going to be able to come to the course, but maybe they'll buy a book. And, you know, for some of us brown people, we haven't gone to therapy or we, we've never worked with like either a therapist or a coach voluntarily. So I thought what a great way to kind of introduce therapeutic practices to people that they could do by themselves or at home. So that's what the book is, but the course is they'll be able to kind of work that out with me. Um, one on do one-on-ones and group coaching sessions, as well as the homework assignments and the videos that are in the course. And so, um, yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, a few, a few, like a few sections in the book. And one of them is your role in your family and how you're able to renegotiate those roles if they don't serve the greater good for your life. Perfect. Thank you, Nikita. Sorry for that delay there. Um, there's oh, a no problem. Thing that your audio is a little low. Um, I don't know if you can look on your control panel and just see if you can increase your mic. Um, let me see. Oh, I'm on a phone. Is that better? Yeah, guys, just let me know if that's a little better. Let me know if you hear me. I put my earpiece in so that I could be heard. But yes, um, yeah, can you hear me? I can. I can hear you clearly. I'm just looking to see if the audience is still having um, trouble hearing a little bit. But I am extremely excited about your book. Um, and there are so many people here that are saying that they're excited about this topic tonight. And I know that you have this course and guys, we're gonna kind of share what that course is all about. Of course, Nikita is offering a special offers exclusive for Dream Builders and it's a deep offer. Um, and they're saying they can hear you clearly. So good. Okay, good. Um, so we're really excited about that. So let's kind of just talk about um, why people struggle with setting boundaries with relationships. I mean, I think it's I think it's for the same exact reason that people are in this course, right? So we we when we're born into our families, we just get what what we get, and we get access to whatever information it is that they have. But if they don't have the access to give us, then we end up with these deficits. And so, if you you're in a family who has dysfunctional relationships, or they've never learned how to have positive, healthy boundaries or positive, healthy interactions with each other, of course, these are things that we take out into the world and they become problematic for us. 
And especially if you're, you know, you're in this group, right? You're learning all these new financial um, habits and you're learning how to do new things. You have to kind of replace all that old information old bad information with the new information and it takes practice and persistence in order to be able to do that but you also have to have boundaries in order to make sure that no I'm not going to go out and spend $500 for retail therapy because I'm not feeling good today I have to put some money aside for my future I have to put some money aside for a rainy day you have to just figure out new ways of doing things that are different and healthier than the old ways that we used to be used to coping with the issues and problems that we have. I'm pretty sure my earrings are like hitting the thing. <laughs> we couldn't though. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, I agree completely with everything you said, especially even on a personal level. Uh, we run into these situations all the time where we're kind of stuck in a certain mindset. We don't know how to work our way out of it. And we just kind of just go with the flow and just think this is the natural way of life. So when you have, um, you know, people that are depending on you because you're the breadwinner or you're the person making, I don't know, I think of Cardi B where she's like, you know, I'm the first person in my family to make six figures and she's just holding it down for everyone. Um, how do you keep your finances in order when you are the breadwinner and everyone's relying on you? Well, first of all, me and Cardi have the same exact birthday, so I feel her. Second of all, she going to be broke, 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 right? So I used to work in public relations for athletes and actually my, my partner is a, he's a retired football player and I want to say he's one of the most frugal people <laughs> that I know. He gets mad when I say that he's cheap, but he's one of the most frugal people that I know and his boundary stuff is very, is very healthy. And you have boundaries, especially when you're the one making all of the money, because people will take, take, take from you, and they have no regard to the fact that you have your own issues and your own problems. The the rule that we have in my family, thank God, because my mother, my mother was the only person out of her eight siblings to go to college. She's the only person out of her eight siblings to actually get a high school diploma, and she was a teenage mother. So for her having a hold on her finances and and not being able to kind of rescue her other eight siblings was the only reason that we were able to have a house that we lived in that was that she owned and she's that she has. And when she comes to me now, she's like, You you never have to worry about me, but I'm not gonna rescue you either financially. So we kind of had that that boundary in place that money, the money thing wasn't the thing that we dealt with. With my sister, I've always kind of been the more financially responsible one, meaning I'm I'm stingy. I'm stingy, I'm good with money, and you know, I'm all I've always been able to save no matter how much money I've had. But my sisters always come back to me for money. And I think I taught a, a course about financial abuse in this course previously about my sister. I realized after a while that the relationship that I had with my sister and the relationship that we had when it came to money was abusive. She would take from me with no regard on how she would give it back or no regard on how it would impact me if she took from me. So I, I the, the, the boundaries that I have now, and I tell her children, I tell her husband, I tell my mother, I don't talk to her about money, period, point blank. It doesn't come up. I don't try to, I, I did, I did try to, educate her and, and give me her different financial habits as I started to learn and grow. But I realized that people's 
people's habits are there for a reason. They, they are either inherited, they are there to help with, with their personality development, and sometimes they're just um, coping mechanisms that we, that we use. So when we start to learn things to become healthier and whatever, what we try to do is we try to reach back to the people that we love and say, hey, Tiffany just taught me some new thing on how to get my credit score. I want you guys to learn it. They're like, girl, sit down. You know, it becomes isolating after a while if you start to learn healthy ways of doing things and everybody else is not at that same starting point. But we don't all get it at the same time. So one thing you mentioned is um, you said that you don't talk to her at all about money. And I'm pretty sure there are times, I'm not sure, but um, for other people, there's pretty much times where they may come to you and approach you about money or ask you how to manage money or physically or just technically or really asking you to borrow money. How do you redirect that conversation and shut it down? Nobody asked me to borrow money. Okay. Nobody, so even, nobody even asked me. And I don't tell people how much money I have. Like right now in my life, I'm probably the most, I know. I am the most financially secure I've ever been in my life. Period. Love and, that. And this is this is and this is with a kid in college. Like I have a kid in college. I have to pay his tuition when I get off this lab. But with a kid in college that I'm actually paying tuition for. And as a new business owner, I've been in private practice now for almost two years. So I, money doesn't come up. And I tell people right now, I, I own my own business. I own my own business. I work two or three jobs at a time. I hustle and squirrel away. Like, don't talk to me about money. Period. And like I said, I'm da I date someone who's who's very financially secure, but we don't we don't really talk that much about money unless it's something that I want to do that is going to impact him in some sort of way. We we don't really talk about it like that, and it's not because you know we're not sharing that life. But I can't I can't even afford to pay his light bill, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. because his expenses are so much more than mine are, and so. I know what, what I need to have. I know what I need to make. I know what I need to spend. And boundary-wise, I just don't go there. So anything that I ever do for you or ever give to you is a gift. I do nothing out of obligation. And I also talk about that in the group because what a lot of us do, and a lot of women that comes to, to, come to me for therapy, they come to me and they say, oh, I had no choice. I had no choice. You always have a choice. And you can always choose to put yourself first, but that's something we have to learn to do because it's against everything that we are taught to do as women, but it's definitely something that we are taught not to do as black women. Mm. As a black woman, I, I learned very early that it was my lot in life to struggle. I either have to deal with that struggle love, I either had to prove my worth to somebody by dealing with the, everything and going through all the muck and all the unhealthy stuff. And I don't have to do that anymore. I never had to do that. We never had to do it, but we do it and we learn it from people who are trying to manipulate us into to playing the roles that benefit them and not benefit us. No, I love that. I love that um, you mentioned that we always have a choice, and that's so true. And I think sometimes, like you said, we're forced to believe that we're supposed to struggle. So instead of choosing another route, we choose to struggle because we think we're supposed to be super women and accomplish it all. So 
Um, you said something about um, making sure that you, you don't feel obligated. But when you do decide to give money, it's because it's a gift and you're giving it away. That way you're not setting yourself up for that disappointment and having these false expectations and relying on someone to give you those funds back. So I love that 100%. Now I'm going to kind of switch it a little bit because a lot of okay. us, we're in love. We have booze and, you know, we in some situations and okay. sometimes <laughs> we think love means spending more than we need to or doing more than we need to. How do you renegotiate your relationship or your your financial relationship within a relationship let me know if i need to rephrase that <laughs> no 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 you don't need to rephrase it uh, i think the first thing you have to do is you have to decide if the if the role that you play in terms of being the um the dominant one financially right if you are because let's just face it a lot of black women now, we getting our education, we getting our finances in order, we're starting business, we're doing a lot of things. And the men, for some reason, they're not they're not pulling it pulling it up their end or they're not handling their weight, right? And so because of that, we have to examine if the role that we play in the relationship is even healthy. Because I never even thought about financial abuse as being a thing until I worked in a domestic violence shelter and I found out that 90% of the women who were in the domestic violence shelter had experienced financial abuse, meaning that they, they had relationships with my, with their man that controlled the money in a way that they could not leave and they could not advance past that man. I have a client right now, I love her dearly, but I'm so afraid for her because she wants to leave this man. He is very unhealthy, but she is the breadwinner. And instead of contributing to the family because they have children, he, he keeps taking from her so that she's unable to leave him. And she cannot fit. She makes probably two times what he makes, but she still can't seem to get her footing to save enough money to leave him. And he knows this. He knows this. So he's a drain on his po her pocket. So the first thing you have to decide is, 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 is my role in this relationship as a dominant one a healthy one? And then you have to ask yourself, is this equitable, right? Are we splitting things 50-50? Am I always the one that's doing something and he's not doing anything? Like, you kind of have to ask that. And then if you realize that you're in a healthy relationship, but maybe he needs more help with his finances and he doesn't have the financial education, the line in the sand that you have to ask is, if we are going to have a life together, are you willing to learn the skills that you need to learn so that we can be financially secure. And if he's not willing to make those changes, that's that's an issue. That's an issue. I I, I have a client right now. She's looking to get married, and she said, you know, I want to I want to I want to be engaged. I want to get married, but my finances are in order, and he's more financially responsible. I said, well, why don't you defer to him? I said, the conversation that you need to be having before marriage is, babe, can you teach me how to master my finances? I love that. And what's crazy is, um, you know, we have people in this group that might be on the opposite end where they're the one that is kind of sucking the energy and money out of everyone else, and they're looking for their own financial independence. And I mean, obviously, those people are in the right spot. They're looking, of course, for some kind of resource, some tools, so they join the academy. 
Um, but sometimes it's hard. It's hard to put those um, tools and resources to good use. What do you say to those people that kind of find um, ways to just go back to their habits while they're trying to stay focused and actually make progress? Um, in, 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 in therapeutic language, we call it pre-contemplative, right? So everybody has, there's like me, I hate working out, but I, I would like to be able to like wear a bikini, right? But I'm not ready to work out yet. So when summertime comes, I'm like, you know, around May, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm, I gotta be in a bathing suit. Maybe I'll work out a few days and then I'll give up. And then I'll be like, nah, nah. Well, maybe I'll eat healthier for a little while and then I'll give up. So we kind of, some people are joining the group and they're in pre-contemplative stage. And that's also why I wrote the book because maybe you won't spend the, the money for the course, but you'll spend under $20 to go and buy a book from Amazon and start to explore a little bit. But if you're, you're used to doing what you, you've been doing, you're, of course you're going to fall back on the old habits. What you need to decide is, is what I'm doing right now working. If what you're doing right now is not moving you into the direction of your goals and your dreams and your hope for the future, you might want to find another way of, of existing. And I think that has to be the metric that, you know, we all use. For, and, and that's a question that you can ask for anything in, your, in life, right? I want to be married. I want to be in a, a healthy relationship. Is this relationship that I, I'm in right now moving me into the direction of where I want my life to go? Sounds perfect. So that, I think that's one way. And then another way I usually hear about that works for me personally is, you know, remembering the why, like, what does your future look like? What do you want to accomplish? Once you accomplish this goal, what kind of happiness is it going to bring to you? Um, so Nikita, we do have a few questions. Okay. Um, kind of answered, but uh, maybe they need a little more details. So Brianna, she wants to know, how do you set boundaries while building a future with someone? So maybe you're not necessarily too comfortable bringing certain things to the plate. I, I think that's what you're asking, Brianna. Let me know if there's um, more information you can provide. But because you're building a relationship and you don't want to you know, get off on the wrong foot, how do you start that conversation? I think what you can do is listen. Like people will tell you who they are. I find that men are a lot more honest sometimes than women are. And, and, and men will put it all out there. And men know about their boundaries and their boundaries are not negotiable. You may end up being a baby mama. If you're not, if you don't hit all the points on their, their want list and their to do list, you may end up being the, the side chick. If you don't hit all of the points on their to do list, but you're not going to be their wife. If you don't hit all of this, they don't negotiate. And so that's one of the things I love about men is that if you listen to them, they will tell you what they are. You will listen. If you listen, they'll tell you if they're financially secure or they're financially stable or what their goals are, what they're working towards. They'll tell you what their habits are. And you have you can listen rather than just be assertive. And you could decide through your vetting process, which is another chapter in the book, what you want to deal with and what you won't deal with in the beginning phases. Because what we do is we look at potential. And we look at our hopes and dreams and we get bogged down in a, well, he, I know I wanted a man who was six foot five and highly educated with a good job. And then you end up with a man who's five foot four, who never graduated from, from high school, who, you know, is a corner rapper and he's making your mixtapes in your bedroom, right? Women do that. Men don't do that. 
So you have to decide what your, what your value systems are, what your moral structures are, what you're really truly looking for. And if the person that you're dealing with is in alignment with it, you could just say, Hey babe, you know what? I'm going to go. Um, Oh gosh, this sounds manipulative, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. <laughs> um, so I once dated this guy who, uh, he he was the rescuer financially of his family. I didn't recognize, I didn't know this in the beginning. We went out on our first date. Uh, I needed, my dog probably run around the, in the house, but I needed some stuff from the pet store when we were going to, to the date. So after the date, I said, hey, could you take me to the pet store? We got up there, I put like $40 worth of stuff on the counter. I, and I, I forgot my wallet. I genuinely, I really truly forgot my wallet, but that's something that I would do. <laughs> I forgot my wallet. We got up to the counter and he paid for everything. So I was like, okay, I like this. When we got out, he didn't ask me what it was, you know, you got the money back. When you get to the house, could you get your wallet? I said, okay. Later on that, that same day, he and I were on the phone and I ended up locking myself out of the house while we were on the phone. And he was like, all right, I'm going to call my brother and he's going to come over and bring you money and get a locksmith. My brother's going to come to your house right now. That showed me how he felt financially, how he was willing to take care of me and the things that he would do. Now, that seems like something that I would just do to test a man. Like sometimes you got to test them and see what they, what they, what their measures were. But I, it was, these were things that genuinely showed me what kind of man he was and how, and how he was. As we started to date, he's always been like that, like very giving. I want to make, take sure that you have car, you know, gas in the car. I'm going to go get your nails done, whatever. And I like those things, but I also realized that that made him bad with money as well because his family knew that, that he was like that. His, his kid's mom knew that he was like that, and he had a hard time setting up boundaries. So that was a, a conversation that we eventually had to have in order for us to be able to like go forward in the relationship. Or well, I ain't with him no more, so you, did, you could draw your own conclusion with that. Oh, crack it up. Okay, <laughs> that thoroughly answers our question. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, a lot of people can definitely relate to that. I'm just reviewing the comments, so thank you for answering that. Uh, what I would like to dive into right now are um, or is what are the seven steps to finding happiness and, you know, um, looking at the relationships that will not be good. Okay, so. so grab, your chapter... pad. grab your notepads, guys, and your pen, and let's walk through these seven steps. It's a preview. Um, okay, so the, the first chapter is, is basically self-love. And we, we examine how you love yourself and what your self-investments are because how you treat yourself is the basis for how you teach people how to treat you. So if you are not giving yourself y'all, if you're not the kind of person that honors your own word when you speak to yourself, I'm at, for example, I'm going to work out and lose five pounds and then one pound into it, you like, I can't do it, right? If you make a promise to yourself and God and you can't honor that, how are you going to be able to honor your commitments to other people? So that's the first thing that we do. We talk about self-love and how culturally we're impacted and how culturally um, in, in our family of origin, we, we come up with these concepts of self-love because my mother was not the type of person who took vacation. She didn't take care of herself. She, she didn't understand it when I was like, I'm going to the spa right now. And sometimes acts of self-love, they don't have to be grand gestures like going away on vacation or whatever. They could literally be like getting your nails done or sitting down and painting your own nails. Sometimes I have to just lock myself in my bathroom and take a bath and not be bothered by anybody. So it can be something very simple like that. 
um, chapter in chapter two. What's the next step? Okay, choosing the contents of your relationship. So each of us can decide what we want to engage in. When we're young, we, we get these relationships because they're family, right? So we're just stuck with whatever we get. Or then we make relationships with the people who live on our block or live in our community. And then we get stuck with relationships from high school and elementary school. It's not like these people that you would naturally choose to engage with. They're just that they're around, right? Yeah. But as you grow and you expand, you realize that I don't have to just deal with people just because they're in my, my immediate social circle. I can actually go out and choose to have healthy relationships. I can choose what I want to dis- what I want to engage in. And that's a decision that we have to make. But sometimes it's a very hard decision for us because choosing these other things is very unfamiliar. I interviewed 50 Cent a long time ago. And the conversation that I had with him was, um, he said to me, I, I often... I love my friends and I love the people that I grew up with and I, that I um, that I, I came up with. But a lot of times when I'm growing and I'm changing, they don't want to go with me. But then I meet these brand new people who are where I want to go, but I don't know them and I don't know if I should trust them. And at that time, I was a journalist and my answer was, oh, child, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. What I recognized in it is that I had had the same exact exact experience as this multi-millionaire rapper was at the time. Mm-hmm. And all I had done was graduated from college and got my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. But because I grew up in the inner city, my friends didn't know how to take me anymore. My family didn't know how to take me anymore because they felt like you read a book and I thought I knew everything. And so being able to negotiate the relationships that you have currently, as well as being able to pick ones that feed your soul, your spirit, and where you're going, that's that's choosing the content of your relationship. Chapter four is love lessons. So in cha- in chapter three, we we look at the vision of the relationships that you want to have. In chapter four, we look at your models, because our our love models are our family. They're our families. They're our parents, our caregivers, who we whoever raised us, our siblings. So those are the 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 micro people, the people who are the closest to us and how we renegotiate those relationships. Are they healthy? Were we abused? Were we well taken care of? Who do we know that's been in a healthy, happy marriage? Who do we know that's been in an unhappy marriage, but they learn to negotiate those things and being able to ask the question to get to a place where you can kind of craft and decide what type of new love you want to have. Um, chapter five is choose your roles and responsibilities. We've been talking about that today. A lot of us have roles that are assigned to us by our family that we have nothing to do with, right? It could just be because you're the girl in your family and you're expected to do certain things as the oldest girl, or you're the, the, the oldest child or the middle child or the financially responsible one, or you're the smart one. I'm the fighter in my family and now I'm the family therapist. I don't always want to be these things that people assign me to be. So you have to decide and negotiate whether or not these things fit you and the vision for you, what you want to have in your life. Sometimes I just want to hang around my family and, and drink and, and talk crap. Like, I don't want to hear everybody's problems, right? So you have to learn to decide what you will and won't deal with. And that's when we talk about obligation and not being able to do things out of obligation. In, the story, in that chapter, I think I tell a story about, no, chapter six. Chapter six is your life, your choice. And that's where you really make the choosing. I think in that chapter, I told a story about my dad. 
who recently passed away, but my father was mentally ill and I didn't have the information to know that he was mentally ill until I got grown and this became my job. Like I woke up one day like, holy crap, my father got a mental illness. And I went to my therapist and he was like, Nikki, you just figuring that out? But we don't, we don't know what we're engaging in because a lot of us just assume that everybody is of sound mind around us. And so looking at things for what they are, not what you hope they them to be and and being able to love without without being married to the dream because when you're married to a dream that's not a reality you break your own heart and I tell that story about how I was able to heal the relationship with my dad before he passed away and that's valuable to me because out of all of my siblings I'm the only one that has peace in his death that is so, so, so deep. And I'm going to stop there and jump in because I know there are some people that can relate to that. Um, so can, you know, you don't have to share too much, but how do you even begin the thought process or just even that acknowledgement with yourself that you want to find this peace and actually attempt to do it with someone that's so close to you? I think it was different for me because my personality development was different. So I never closed my heart off to my father. Whereas my, my siblings, they had a lot of anger that they didn't deal with. Right. I've, I've always had people in my life who tell me, don't give up on your dad. So I always kind of had that in the back of, back of my head, right? Those seeds that are planted in rolls. Um, but once I got the information to, to recognize that, you know what, this man is sick. I, it took the onus off of me as a child. I internalized a lot of that. I thought, well, he didn't love me or he wouldn't, he, he's leaving me or he's not coming to get me that it was about me. And it made me less than it made me unworthy. But when I recognized that it was just him and these were his limitations, I stopped asking him to engage with me in ways that was not in his, in his personality development to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was able to honor him for the things that he could do. So I had to mourn how I wished he was and acknowledge, mm -hmm. and acknowledge who he actually was and allow him to be in, be my father in ways that he could be and let go of the things that he couldn't do. And in the, the end of it, like I said, in the chapter, I tell a story about how I only answered the phone for him when I called him. So if I called him and he missed my call, then I would answer the phone. And I talked about the three P's, which was prayer, persistence, and patience. Mm. Those three P's in order to be able to deal with him whenever I, if I wasn't, if I had a bad day and he called me with his stuff, not knowing which version of him was going to show up, I might go off on him, right? I'm, or it might send me over the edge. So I had to make sure that I was, I had the emotional fortitude to deal with him before I spoke to him. And that only would happen when I would call him. I would call him. I called him every Saturday. And I, I called my mother every Saturday the same. But I would try to engage with them and let them know that I loved him. It wasn't that he didn't have access to me, but he did not have the right to have access to me when he wanted to have access to me just because he wanted to have access to me. He had to have access to me on a day and on a way that it was not going to impact my emotional health. 
Because at the end of the day, I'm somebody's mama, I'm somebody's partner, I'm somebody's therapist, right? So if he pushed me over the edge, I wasn't going to be able to engage in the things that I needed to do the way I needed to do it. So I had to put that boundary in place. Wow. I, I think you just touched on so much in just that little conversation where, you know, you basically touched on one, you noticed you had us, you were married to a certain dream about who your father was or what you thought he would be. And you divorced yourself from that and acknowledged, you know, where he was mentally, emotionally, and what the real situation was. And once you were able to do that, you were able to make that peace. And then you said something else that was, um, that touched me, uh, that just lost my mind. But um, <laughs> I'm just amazed at the fact that you really have to be in tune, not only with their emotions, but really with your emotions to make sure you're in the right space to actually make progress in the relationship. So many people, this story, no problem. No, I was just saying a lot of people are commenting on this, on the, the thought of, you know, being married to your dream and um, the reality that you're hurting your own heart when you do that. And that this whole conversation or that whole relationship that you have with your father um, is extremely powerful, just the acknowledgement of it. And it's beautiful that you were able to find that peace. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And the gifts that he did give me, right? Okay, so he wasn't there when I was a younger, younger, and he used to lie and say he was coming and he, he didn't come. But at the, in the end of his life, he was able to tell me how much he did love me and how much he did support me and, and, the, the gifts that he he gave me i don't 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 stop don't 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 because he died on father's day and I was, it's very hard but i was able to get the things that i always wished that he gave me through being able to be open and be able to be honest with him now now i don't want to tell this fairy tale to people listening that maybe your parent will give you the things that you need mm-hmm. but but what i learned oh i'm getting chills what I learned a long time ago was that although he could not be my father in the ways that I wanted him to be, God sent me other fathers. And so I was able to kind of look at the, the dream that I had. I did get my dream fulfilled, but I got my dream fulfilled from other people. And so you just got to kind of, you know, I was able to forgive him. I was able to look at his limitations and I was able to deal with him in the way that that honored our relationship. And I, I, I looked at him and I said, you know what? He has a right to engage with me any way he sees fit. Even if he decides that he doesn't want to speak to me, even if he decides that he doesn't want to want to do certain things, because I looked at the damage that my father could have possibly done because of his mental diagnosis. And he had a personality disorder. It wasn't like he had like schizophrenia or, not, or anything like that. But just because of his particular personality makeup mm. and the trauma that he had, he was limited. And I had to limit my expectations and manage my expectations to who he actually was and not who I hoped he, him to be. This chapter alone is like a deep <laughs> chapter. Uh, I, need, I need to dig all the way into that. So um, you guys, as you all know, I know there's a few people that are just joining us. Um, there is a book that Nikita does have. It's called The Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy. And we're going to share the link um, inside of the Academy. And it will also be posted in a Facebook group so that you can dive deeper into this. Um, so oh, let's... The last- the last two chapters, I just want to get yeah, to those last two chapters. The the last num, um, chapter number seven is vetting. 
And that's where you decide who you who you keep in your life and who you don't. And, you know, I mean, if anybody's into politics, you hear a lot about the vetting process, right? How, you know, if you're a candidate, you're supposed to decide who you have in your cabinet and you, you're supposed to look at their record and et cetera. So that's what vetting is. Vetting is the process of elimination that we use or that that emotional checklist that we have to decide whether or not a person is going to stay in our lives or not. And so we look at the we look at that because a lot of us we give to people too many different leeways and too many different opportunities to disappoint us before we actually do something about it. We wait until we love them, and then they lied about something to decide that we well I don't really care if he if he cheated. I don't really care. Like you have to decide whether it's something that's negotiable or not. And in the last chapter, I talk about it, learning um learning who to love and who to leave. Because at some point, you have to decide if you're going to leave something that no longer serves you. Yeah, so I have um, people in the comment section just um, just really relating to everything that you mentioned here. They're saying they're really this is really good stuff and that they're so happy they were able to join this live session tonight. Um, the book sounds amazing. And once again, um, there's a few questions coming in about how to get the book. Um, right underneath this video inside of the Academy, you will see the link to the book. And then also after this session is over at nine o'clock, um, there will be a Facebook post about this lesson where Nikita is able to answer any other questions that you guys have. Um, and all of the links and resources will be available in that post as well. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't see the, the, the mm -hmm. questions, but I mean, I'll try to answer as many of them as I can. That's great, man. Um, and, and of course, when, when we're finished, but I can't see them as we're going on. Exactly. So let's talk about the course, because there's a lot that you are offering um, in the course with the group. So just kind of walk them through if they enroll into the course Finding Happy, what is all included? So the, the course is pretty much the majority of the same things that's in the book. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I wrote the, the book in a way that people who decided that they want to work with somebody, let's say if you already have a therapist or a coach, you could just kind of answer the workbook questions in it and then take it to your therapist and decide that this is things that you want to work on. But if you want to work with me directly, there are video lessons, there are it's homework, there are weekly check-ins that we're going to be doing. I mean, bi-weekly, bi-weekly check-ins that we're going to be doing, um, group live sessions for the next eight weeks so that we'll be able to kind of negotiate these problems and we'll be able to work out the exact issues that you guys are having in your own relationship. So instead of having the book and going alone, um, you'll be able to kind of work through the chapters in the book and then come in and have a check-in with me and say, you know what, this brought up something. Because a lot of the things that we talk about in the book, I'm going to tell you, even going through it, I had a few friends read it and I had some editors read it and everybody everybody seemed to uh, be doing the, the workbook questions, which was not what they were supposed to be doing, but they ended up getting caught up in the questions. And, you know, it, my, one of my friends, she caught me crying because she was like, I realized in doing the questions, which she wasn't supposed to be doing that um, I wasn't checking in with myself. And I, I really probably need to be making some more self-investment. So it's going to bring up some emotional stuff. We talk about intergenerational trauma we talk about family history we talk about abuse and a lot of those things you know the the book was really born out of the things that I see in my practice my practice is primarily built off of black women who come to me 
and they don't know who they are. They are unhappy in their lives and they don't know how they got there and they have crappy relationships and they've done every single thing that they could possibly be doing right in life. They thought that if they were not promiscuous or if they, you know, went to college or if they saved themselves from marriage that they would find who they needed to to find, but they still wasn't doing the self-work and they weren't able to put themselves first. So a lot of women don't know what they actually need to know how to get their needs met in relationships. And so... If you're one of these people, if this resonates with you, then the course is for you because we get to walk through your exact issues. And what I love about the group sessions is that you'll be able to either attend the lives, you'll be able to submit questions throughout the week if you can't attend the lives, and then you'll be able to get the replays. And then I'm also offering a one-on-one coaching session with everybody that um, that registers. Hopefully, I will have enough t- time, depending on how many people register, because I'm also in my private practice. But I feel like the one-on-ones will give people the opportunity to be able to do the work and then come to me and say, this is what it brought up for me. And they'll have the confidentiality of saying whatever it is that's going on with them with just me and them. Oh my gosh, I love that you are offering one-on-one sessions to each of your members. Um, That just goes to show your heart and how passionate you are about what you do. So um, you guys, you know, Nikita is just such a giving person and Tiffany always tries to find um, the best offer for you all when you're joining the Academy and are able to, um, you know, purchase and invest into courses and books so that it can benefit your life. So can you tell us what the original price of Finding Happy is and what the special offer is for Dream Builders only? Okay, so the course is already too low. <laughs> it's already too low is what I was told from the, the people that were selling build the course. Yes. <laughs> and, you, and you know, you told me you work with Tiffany's courses, so you know how much work it, it takes to build a course of this magnitude. But what, what the course was originally was $350, and it won't say that. Um, and actually, I'm not really sure if after this session, depending on how many people register now, if we're going to be able to do the one-on-ones as well as the, um, the group session. But for the Dream Builders, if you get in, it's $250 right now. So you're getting the course for $100 off, and you're going to get me for a minimum live for a minimum of four hours. And that and that's that is crazy because if you think about what's a, the cost of a of one session with a therapist for an hour, it can vary to like from what to what. Well, my my therapy sessions start at one hundred and sixty dollars to two hundred and forty dollars, and that's for forty five minute sessions. That's not even for an hour. And so to get me for four hours, actually, the the things that you're getting in this course, my therapy clients don't get. Because I generally don't give them homework assignments. I generally don't give them, they damn sure don't give, don't give damn sure, but that's how I talk. They damn sure don't get video courses, you know? So you're getting access to things that my clients are not even getting access to because this is more so coaching. I'm not really dealing with your mental health issues and, you know, it's not going through insurance. But yeah, my, my rate of session is 160 to $240 per 45 minutes. Thank you so much, Nikita, for loving us and giving us that, that special offer, the $100 off. Uh, very generous of you. So you all um, are available or have that available to you. The promo code is DREAMBUILDER. And once again, the link is inside of the Academy, and it's also going to be inside of the Facebook group. So I do want to dive into some questions. We have about 15 minutes left. And okay. I know there are some questions in here. So let me 
just scroll through and, and guys, if there's any other questions that's popping up, now is the time. We're gonna try to squeeze them all in. And then of course, if we go a little over, um, we'll go ahead and put those questions in a Facebook group so she can answer those for you. Nikita is very active in both the Dream Catchers group and the Dream Builders group, just so you know. Yep. All right, so one question is, um, in the book, do you discuss how to have conversations with people when you feel the relationship is complete? Well, the la that's, that's in the last chapter. I don't go into how, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do in this book. And I don't tell you what to do in therapy. But in the one-on-one -on -one group sessions, if you take the course, we'll be able to create a plan for you to be able to leave these relationships because it's up to you to decide what you want to engage in in any given time. And so I, I don't really tell you what to do, but the questions guide you to decide what serves you and what is in alignment with where you want your life to go and what doesn't, if that answers the question. No, that, that is perfect. Yes, it does answer it. Um, the next question is, how do you deal with all of this in setting boundaries when you are already married to the person? I think when you're already married to the person, you have to see if the vision that you guys are creating for your future is in alignment. Like, you know, biblically, they tell you after the evenly yoked, you got to make sure that the both of y'all are walking in the same direction. Um, I think I told a little while ago about a couple that I, I that I'm well, I'm counseling the woman, but the husband is a lost cause, and I know that the husband has some mental mental health issues. I'm not. We're not going to be able to reach him. So my job with her is just to decide what she wants to negotiate with, and if if what he's doing is a good example for her children. And if it's not, and if she can't renegotiate it, and if it's impacting her happiness, then that's something she has to think about. So, you know, my 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 line in the sand is if it impacts my, if it impacts me safety-wise, if it's going to be a problem to me, my safety, if it's going to impact my health in any way, mental health, physical health, whatever, and my happiness, I can't do it. And so you got to have a conversation with your husband and say, listen, in five years, where do you see us being? Where do you, what do you want out of life? Where do you want us to be? And they say, okay, are you, let's work on steps to get there. And you may have to get you a therapist or a coach to help get you there. Absolutely. And I've been married for nine years. I'm married to my college sweetheart. And that's one yeah. conversation we have all the time. Uh, we have Sunday conversations. We have a binder. We walk through our finances. We walk through our goals for the month because he travels a lot and we make sure we have all our communication tight so we know what's going on. And I think revisiting the conversation of just knowing where he wants to be in a year to five years or even longer and the same for me, that just prevents so much drama from happening because we know exactly where we're going and we're able to support each other throughout that process. So I can just- Because I think that the, the main thing that I see that impacts marriages especially Mm -hmm. is that we marry these people, we pick these people at a time in our lives where a lot of us don't even know ourselves. We don't know where we want to go. We don't have a vision for our future. We just in love and going off in endorphins and we think we're going to live off of that, right? And then five years you decide that you want to be 
you know, in, in my relationship, five years in, you decide you want to be a therapist. You want to go back and get your master's. You want to, you know, and it starts to change. The dynamics start to change. Like, I've had to have those conversations within my relationship. Like, now that you're not the boss, how are we going to work this out? How are we right. going to work this out? No, the dynamics have changed a little bit. <laughs> right. So you have to, you have to have conversations where you're checking in with your partner at any given time because there has to be space and room there for you to grow that particular client that i was talking about her she met him when she was a teenager and he's 10 years older than her and now that she's grown into who she wanted to be she feels like she kind of has to stay small in order to stay in the marriage so you have to like decide and talk to your partner to see if where we're going or where i want to go as an individual still honors us as a couple exactly so I'm looking through, um, this is not a question, but it's more so of a comment. Where did it go? I just lost it. Um, they were talking, I guess, about when you were speaking of Saturdays being your day for your parents. Um, they should, she just basically received confirmation. She's saying, this lets me know that my boundaries with my mom and my dad before he passed were healthy, even though other people didn't and still don't understand. She said Fridays are her days that she spoke with her mom. So um, I guess I want to kind of spin that off into a question and just ask, how do you become unapologetic about that and, you know, really know on your own that it's okay to set those boundaries and have those days? How do you get over the guilt? I don't know. I don't have the guilt. (laughs) I never had that guilt. For, For me, for me, I, I liked to think that your only job is to do your job. So my only job as a daughter was to honor and respect my parents. And my only job as a daughter was to, to um, reach out to them. Whether my dad answered the phone or my mother answered the phone or my dad called me back or my mother called me back was not my responsibility. My responsibility was only to do my part. Now, some now that I'm I'm not only a daughter, I'm a mother. I don't understand sometimes the ro- roles that they took on as parents. But because they were also children who had problematic relationships with their parents, sometimes their parent stuff is not them being a parent. Sometimes their parent stuff is them still being a child. Yeah. And so I never had the guilt in order to, I just had to learn how to forgive them and renegotiate the relationship in a way that still honored what I was supposed to do, which was love and honor them and have, give the access to me and let them be there, but also not do it in a way that impacted the things that I had to do as a mother and as a, a partner and as a therapist in my own life. Because at the end of the day, I still have to live my own life. Absolutely. That is so true. And you only have one life to live. So, you know, take, treat it as if it's as precious as possible and and live the best life you can possibly, you know, live. Um, I have time for one more question. If you guys have any more questions, we do have time for one more. Otherwise, I just want to walk all of the new dream builders that joined us tonight. Um, I just kind of want to give you, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Give you an idea of what we do after Ask the Expert. 
So after the session is over, we go inside of the Facebook group. Uh, we share our aha moments. You can hashtag or tag Makita Banks. And if you have any questions or if you just want to just, uh, just show her some appreciation and thank her for joining us tonight, you can tag her and just let her know that we you know, appreciated her time and her for just being a wealth of knowledge and sharing this information. Um, so if you're not a member of the Dream Builders group, you can go to Facebook and you can just type in Dream Builders or Literature Academy. It'll come up and we'll make sure that you are um, approved so that you can join the conversation. And then once again, all of the helpful tools and resources, all of the links are gonna be inside of the Academy and in the Facebook group. Um, Gail, you just asked, how do we get the book? It's going to be inside of the Academy right underneath this video. You'll see Nikita's um, bio. And then after that, you will see a section of resources. No, so, there, so I created a workbook directly for this course, um, for this, because this live that we're doing right now is gonna be inside of the Academy. So there's a workbook for the people who are already in the Academy and that's no extra cost. But for the actual book, the book is different from the course workbook. Some of the information is the same, some of it's not, but the book is different. So I think you guys have a link to the book. It's on Amazon. And then there's a, the course link with your, you guys' discount that's also going to be up there. I just wanted to like clarify. Yes, and I'm glad you did. Um, so there's three. I'll break it down again. There's three offers for you. You have the workbook, which is absolutely free. That's in the Academy. There's a link. And you can access that right now. You can download it, print it, and start filling it out. And then you have the book, Finding Happy, which is on Amazon. There's an Amazon link for that. And then you also have the course with the Dream Builder promo code. So I don't see any more questions. I just want to thank you all for joining us tonight. I'm so happy, Shanae, that you enjoyed tonight's lesson. This was her first lesson. Um, and Nikita, thank you again for joining us. We always appreciate your energy, your wealth of knowledge. And we'll see you in the Facebook group. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your hosts, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you want to send us any general feedback, show suggestions, uh, show topics, or guest ideas, please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Be well.